You know, I really like being one of those people that people can feel comfortable around me or people can yeah. feel like they can approach me. And yeah. I, I think that that's a very valued trait to have that not everybody has, unfortunately. Hello friends and welcome back to another episode of the Rise and Shine podcast. Last week I sat down with my friend Dom. Dom is a Philly native and comes from a walk of life that is different and similar to my own. We both come from non-academic backgrounds, but yet here we are both attending the same university. What fascinates me so much about Dom is that he is both a master's student and a full-time employee at the university. Safe to say that Dom's time management is something we can all learn from. In the course of our conversation, Dom told me about some hardships as well as some wins that he has had in recent times. He told me how his busy life has made him set boundaries and priorities for himself and has also given him confidence in his own abilities. Dom also shared a little bit about how he manages to, despite everything, still make time for himself, have fun, and to socialize with friends. I found our conversation truly delightful and inspiring, and I hope that you will too. very nice that you are joining me today for my podcast and um, could you please introduce yourself to my listeners just tell them who you are what you're doing and um, what's your deal great thank you for having me um, so my name's Dom I am a house coordinator here at the University of Pennsylvania I work for Gregory College House specifically that's actually how I met Johanna and I'm also a graduate student here at Penn so I work nine to five, that's my professional life. And then from five to nine or five to whenever really is my academic life. And I'm a student in the College of Liberal and Professional Studies working on a master's degree in liberal arts. And my um, discipl disciplinary focus is on politics and society as well as a global studies certificate. Mm -hmm. um, I am no stranger to Philly. I've grown up here my entire life and it's my home at this point. And I am optimistic and really looking forward to this conversation. Yeah, okay, great. Um, cool. So you just mentioned that you are a full-time employee and you're also a student. Um, I imagine your time management must be incredible. So what do you do? Like, what, what does that look like? Yeah, so actually when I first started grad school, that was going to be one of my biggest challenges and I kind of knew going into it that it would be such a huge challenge because as an undergrad I always worked part-time so I was a full-time student working part-time which was always really manageable to some extent um, but then when I transitioned out of college um, as an undergrad to my first like real you know out of college job here at Penn I knew that that was going to be such a huge transition going from part-time work to full-time work and then school on top of that um, and for those of you who may be listening from a different countries, um, you probably are aware that um, college or university in America is very expensive. And one of the benefits of working at Penn is you get to go to school here for almost nothing. Mm -hmm. You just have to pay the taxes. But um, time management has been such a crucial aspect to the, really to my own success and my own personal sanity. So when I first started grad school, I think 
it was really hard actually to really kind of bounce back into school mode for one, but also like learn how am I going to properly manage my time? Because I can't do homework during the day necessarily because I'm working. Yeah. You know what I mean? That's my nine to five. And then after work, I'm usually really tired. So then it's like, well, how do I do this at night when I'm really tired? Mm -hmm. So what I ended up doing and what I've been doing, and I've just had some relatively well success with it is, um, I ended up figuring out and learning how to read and take notes on my commute in. Mm -hmm. I take the train. It takes me about a half hour. And also on my way home, mm -hmm. I do the same thing. So I read and take notes. Um, and then I go home, I eat dinner, I go to the gym usually. Um, and then I shower and then the rest of the night it's reading and doing notes. And I really just have to fight through the exhaustion because I really want to get my master's degree and do the best that I can. Mm -hmm. And then usually my weekends are spent doing homework. Um, there's some people in my graduate program. There's a lot of people who work at Penn, but there's also people who don't work at Penn that are actual full-time grad students. That's their whole life. Yeah. Um, a lot of them are able to do a lot of their work during the day, but yeah. unfortunately I just don't have that luxury. Do you find yourself at a disadvantage because you can't spend so much time on your academics? I don't actually. Okay. Um, I think that one of the, one of the things that I realized when I started grad school that I didn't experience as an undergrad and that I was not truly expecting was that a lot of Penn professors, especially in the College of Liberal and Professional Studies or LPS for short, um, are very aware that there's people in these courses and in these degree programs that are working, mm -hmm. um, a lot of them who are working full time. Um, so I would not say that I'm at a disadvantage. I think that I don't have the typical grad school experience as many others do where grad school is their whole life. Mm -hmm. Grad school is only a portion of my life. Um, because I need to work to support myself. Yeah. Um, I think that it does chip away from a, a little bit of my social life. Um, and I really have to make sacrifices, um, on a daily basis to make sure I'm fulfilling my school obligations. Yeah. What is the sacrifice that you're making? So I sacrifice a lot of sleep. Uh -huh. I sacrifice a lot of my personal life. Um, I can't go out a lot. I can't really do things during the day on the weekends because I really need to use that time to catch up on my reading, mm -hmm. to write my assignments, to just get caught up in general. Um, a lot of times too, or before I started grad school, I used to go to the gym probably about six days a week. Um, and when I was doing that, I felt really healthy. And because I can, I'm no longer at the capacity to go six days a week because I'm working and going to school. Mm -hmm. um, I've definitely have felt that as well. Of I think it's t not taken a huge negative effect on my health, but I definitely have um, felt the drawbacks of not going to the gym at least six days a week yeah. anymore. Wow, that's tough. Um, so you said that your social life is also being impacted by this. But you also have gained a lot of new friends, right? Through your work and maybe also in school. I have. So um, I had one friend in particular in my personal life um, who was not very understanding of... Um, a, a lot of my friends, for the most part in my personal life, were very understanding of, we understand you work full-time, you're a grad student. Um, so you know, we understand that you can't hang out with us all the time. You may not be able to answer the phone or text back right away because mm -hmm. you're busy. But I certainly had friends on the other side who were, you know, saying things like, oh, I don't understand why, you know, you can't make time for me or you can't, um, you know, you can't do this with us or you can't text back quickly because 
they think that they're not as important to me, mm-hmm. which is not the case. Um, I try to explain to some of these friends, which by some I really only mean like one or two. Yeah. Um, I try to explain to them that it's not them and that I try to make time for them, but there's only 24 hours in a day. Yeah. And, you know, between my commute and, you know, getting my eight hours in, I'm here about 10 hours of the day. I got to sleep yeah. and I got to do my homework. So it's definitely taken a toll on that aspect a little bit. Uh-huh. But on the flip side, I've met so many people through my graduate program and through working here at Penn um, that I've established really great working relationships with, mm-hmm. but also personal relationships with. And I think the relationships that I've established with my uh, colleagues in LPS or my, you know, my classmates, a lot of them are going through the same things, yeah. and especially if they're other pen employees. So a lot of times what we do is we talk about our experiences. You know, how are you managing in your department? How, how are things going in your department? And how are you managing um, both professionally and personally all of your responsibilities on top of being a graduate student? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that sounds like there has been a lot of change for you. Mm-hmm. How would you say your mindset has changed in the past like, year and a half, maybe two years? Because you came to Penn, like, two years ago. I did. So I'm, um, actually, my two-year anniversary is coming up in about, God, about two weeks, which I can't believe. Congrats. Um, Thank you. (laughs) And um, little side note, I, in two weeks, I'll actually be starting my new job at Penn. Oh. Um, So I got a job at Penn Dental working in institutional advancement. Mm -hmm. So I'm looking forward to taking on that. And um, it's probably going to be a huge shift as well. but I'm really looking forward to it. And I'm nice. sorry, what was your question? The question was, um, how would you say your mindset has changed oh, in yeah. the past two years? Sorry. Okay. Um, so my mindset has definitely changed for the better. Yeah. I think I was lacking a lot of self-efficacy. Um, and for listeners who may not know what that means, self-efficacy is your belief in your ability to do something. Mm-hmm. Um, so... Before I came to Penn, before I went to Widener University where I went and did my undergraduate degree, I went to community college. And I never, ever saw myself getting past an associate's degree. Mm -hmm. And then eventually I did. And I never saw myself getting past a bachelor's degree. And eventually I did. Um, And I think during those periods of time, I had so much anxiety and my self-efficacy and also my self-esteem were really low. Yeah. um, Because I always felt like that I was doing something wrong or that I was going to fail or um, I wasn't a good student. Even though my grades were, for the most part, straight A's, um, I constantly made the D-list. I did very well as an undergrad. Yeah. But when I came to Penn, I didn't really have those feelings anymore, which was crazy to me because I remember telling myself and reflecting and saying, you know, you used to say, me talking to myself, you used to say, you'll never get past this stage of an associate's degree or a bachelor's degree, but I did. Mm -hmm. And by doing so, that really helped bolster my uh, self-efficacy and my self-esteem. Yeah. So that way, when I started grad school, and even when I was applying to grad school here, um, I felt confident the entire way. Yeah. And, um, you know, of course, there was some anxiety along the way, too, especially, like, when classes first started, because um, it, it's the pressure, too, of being at Penn, because it's it's an Ivy League school, for one. There's so many smart people. There's so many yeah. smart people. You, of course, are one of them. No, but I've had the exact same experience. I felt the same way when I came here. And I remember being in my first class being like, wow, I'm like, 
these people are really smart. Yeah. Um, and, you know, there was that little bit of me being like, I don't know if I can do this. I don't know if I can keep up with these people. But, you know, through the mechanisms that I learned as an undergrad and just in my personal life, I really learned, um, you know what, I can do this. Yeah. And there's going to be some hard days. There's going to be some easy days. But at the end of the day, I'm going to do I'm going to do well and I'm going to succeed yeah. and I'm going to get through it. Do you think that um, I mean, you just said that that while you were in college, you kind of limited like you had limiting beliefs mm-hmm. like you. So do you think that you were holding yourself back with these kind of thoughts? And do you think that now you maybe don't do that anymore? Oh, absolutely. Um Absolutely. I have learned to not let those beliefs really overtake my personal stance or my attitudes or really drive any sort of anxiety. Mm-hmm. Um, I felt like, I remember when I first started as an undergrad, I felt like it was such a huge change um, compared to high school. And at the time, I felt like that I was the only person going through that. Yeah. Um, I didn't live on campus. I didn't um, have the typical or what you know, the typical American college experiences where, you know, you're 18, you move to college, you live on campus. Um, I didn't have that experience. I lived at home, which is more common in other countries. Um, because I didn't have that experience, I always felt like I'm doing something wrong or I, I'm missing something. There's something lacking that I can't put my finger on. Mm-hmm. And it caused me so much anxiety. And it, I used to drive home sometimes in tears because I just thought I was being set up for failure wait so were you able to figure out what was missing because you just said you always felt like something was missing yeah it was my self-efficacy that Mm -hmm. was missing okay um i also learned too by talking to um a mental health counselor as well as some of my professors who were more psychologically based Mm -hmm. um about my experiences and, and telling them i don't know why I feel this way and I'm having such a hard time adjusting to this but yeah um and and it was really just the simple um thing of getting that vocabulary of this is self-efficacy this is what it means and this is what you're missing Uh and so once I realized that and I started to work on that yeah um and try to believe in myself a little bit more I noticed a lot of those feelings slowly went away that's awesome so you just said that you have been working with the men- with like a mental health counselor, and that's a really great thing to do. I think when you are busy and struggling with, I don't know, maybe the professional environment mm-hmm. in, ter- in in terms of feeling overwhelmed or feeling like you're not performing up to where you, where you should be, it's things like that. It can be anything, mm-hmm. basically. Is there are there other things that you do that um, kind of help you? balance or that uh, that you do to care for yourself yeah um I think the number one that I already kind of touched upon is exercise Mm -hmm. um that was another thing that I kind of learned was exercise can be a great outlet for relieving a lot of your stress and um really taking care of yourself Mm -hmm. um I also started to try to eat better um I used to eat not bad, but I used to eat a lot of junk food. I used to eat um, lots of carbs, which I still eat a lot of carbs, but I definitely have cut back on my junk food. Um, I eat a lot of plant-based material now, um, lots of fruits, lots of vegetables. I felt like that's really helped me. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think the number one thing too is just not holding it in anymore and yeah. really 
communicating struggles that you're having. Unfortunately, um, you know, I've had two or really three supervisors here at Penn who have been very understanding of my personal life, my personal needs, yeah. and, um, you know, me being a student on top of working full time. Yeah. And sometimes that means that I need to leave a little bit early to go to class or, um, you know, I might not be able to meet, make, I might not be able to go to lunch with you because I need to do homework on my lunch break. Yeah. Um, that's also been another thing that's really helped is really just standing up for myself and, and knowing my boundaries. Yeah. That's awesome. That's really great. Um, so something that I find myself like as my personal experience, but I'm, I'm not sure if you maybe see it the same way, um, is actually the impact that your environment has upon you. And I find um, the University of Pennsylvania to be a, a very positive, uh, I mean, obviously it is positive, but it can also be negative. Like, you know, there are a lot of people who struggle with the high stress environment at Penn, and that mm -hmm. is true, like that is definitely an issue that we have. But I also find that people who, kind of a large group of people who all have a growth mindset or just kind of a like a, a drive to to work hard on themselves and to learn and I think that kind of creates a really inspirational environment and I get really inspired by that and yeah to this day I I have these just now like last week I met a whole group of new people mm -hmm. and I'm so inspired by each and every single one of them and they're people who told me that they get up at 4 a.m. and like do all of their work basically before their classes start and I got so inspired I was like dang I want to do that too I want to I want to try that and I want to be my most productive self and um, then there was another person who he does like robotics mm -hmm. and he like programs like things and does like coding and stuff like that and I know I'm never gonna do that because mm -hmm. I'm, I'm not I'm not that kind of I'm not like a computer science person but that is so fascinating and so inspiring to me and I'm I just I, today I actually quizzed him about his suggestions for people who have no idea about tech and he like gave me some really good pieces of advice and it was awesome. it was awesome like I don't know I find that I get I get so much value from just being in this community so yeah. do you, I don't know how do you feel about it Absolutely I totally agree with you and I also see it um I see it from two standpoints I see it from the student standpoint but I also see it from the employee standpoint mm -hmm. um I think that as an employee I totally see, and I think that Penn is a really positive environment. Mm -hmm. And I think that, um, that, I think there's a lot of resources here that people don't always take advantage of. Um, and I think that a lot of students do know, but the majority of us here at Penn that work here are here to try to make the student experience better. That's why we're here. Mm -hmm. You know, obviously I need my paycheck, but I come to work every day happy because I love my job. Mm -hmm. um, I love making students feel, or at least contributing to um, other students, making other students feel valued and, um, you know, to give them some sort of purpose when they're not in their class. And on the flip side too, I always get the emails as a grad student too about here's the resources that are available to you. Mm -hmm. Here's the environment that's, you know, you, you can be a part of. And it's been great too, connecting with so many students. Like you just said, we've got a whole new staff this past week. And, really being inspired by some of them and learning about their backgrounds, learning about their, um, their, their career aspects, their academic backgrounds. And, you know, I think every semester when I meet new people, it, it 
same thing. It really inspires me to try to do better and to try to change some habits that I think that, that I can change. And, yeah. and kind of actually going back to your one question about self-care, one of the things that I actually do on Saturday and Sundays is I get up really early to go to the gym. Mm-hmm. Um, and that way, by the time, like, 8, 30, 9 o'clock rolls around, I've already completed half of my day. That's awesome. Yeah. So that's So is that how you, like, create time for just leisure just by kind of trying to get ahead of of the day basically absolutely i <laughs> i used to think sometimes when i slept in you know i would sleep like 9 30 10 10 30 and i would wake up and i would just think man i wasted half of my morning mm-hmm. half my day is gone so when i started getting up normally you know i got to get up early to go to work um i i just kept that routine on the weekends and it's really helped me free up some of my time and it gives me you know my Saturday and Sunday mornings are for me and they're for me only yeah do you rest like actually truly rest where you just really like don't do anything or like just like chill oh absolutely um absolutely I try to rest as much as I can throughout the week um you know I'm not somebody that goes to the library and stays up all night. Um, you know, I go home mm-hmm. and I do my homework while I'm laying on the couch drinking some tea. I see. Okay. Um, and I also make it a point, and I've had a personal policy for myself um, since I was an undergrad that, you know, I'm never going to stay up all night and try to finish something or try to learn something because at a certain point, I need to rest and I value rest and yeah. I recognize that if I don't rest, then it's only going to get worse. And by, it only gets worse, I mean... Um, I'm not going to comprehend any of the information and therefore I'm not going to do well. So, um, I go to bed pretty early every night, honestly. Mm-hmm. Um, I would say I'm in bed asleep by 11 o'clock That's good. and I usually wake up at about six thirty or seven. Uh-huh. Um, and you know, same thing on the weekends. I'm not really, I'm past the point of my life now where I don't go out all night. Yeah. I don't go out and party and spend hundreds of dollars every weekend because, I know. Yeah, you know, I, agree. Yeah. I just, I value my rest and my, personal one-on, you know, my personal me time at this point in my life way more than I value, you know, going to some club yeah. until four o'clock in the morning. Okay, so what do you do for fun? So my idea of a fun Friday night, and like, you might think this is lame. So me and my two friends, or usually it's my two friends and I, um, we sit at my one friend's apartment and we watch bad reality TV shows. Okay. Um, and What's I, your favorite bad reality uh, TV show? So, okay, this is a little embarrassing, but my favorite bad reality TV show is Dance Moms. Mm. It's on Lifetime in the U.S. Wait, is that the one where they have, like, the little kids, the daughters, Mm -hmm. something like that? Like, usually it's daughters, right? Yeah. And they, and they, the the moms, like, put them through, like, those dance classes, and Mm -hmm. then the kids compete and stuff like that. And they also get doled up, like a little Mm -hmm. pageant almost. So, yes. Uh I think you're thinking of, um... Toddlers and Tiaras, which oh, I can't watch. Oh my god. Toddlers and Tiaras is just like a whole another level. But okay. Dance Moms is basically exactly what you just said, and they go to dance competitions, mm-hmm. but the height of the show is the moms fighting and arguing with each other. And it's so fake, but it's just so funny. Oh, so it is it's like a it's not like actual reality TV, it's like scripted. It's I've actually watched YouTube videos from uh-huh. people who were on the show talking about what the show is actually like oh, and yeah. they don't say that it's scripted but they say that it's heavily edited and influenced okay. so it looks like it's not scripted and it's technically not scripted but 
yeah. what you're seeing may not be the entire picture. Yes. Yeah. Um, but they, don't they always do that in those yeah. reality oh, yeah. shows? Oh, yeah. yeah. I, another one, too, that I really like is uh -huh. um, Jersey Shore, which if you've ever... Yeah, I heard about that one. Yeah, it's, um, you know, <laughs> I think the height of me watching Jersey Shore was when they went to Italy and all the Italians were booing them. And, and, you know, people think that they represent the, they represent Italians, but, you know, it's just not the case. But it's... Hey, wait, 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 who's representing Sorry, Italy? the crew of Jersey Shore. Oh, they um, think that they're representing Italians. They think that they represent Italians because the majority of them come from Italian backgrounds. Oh. Okay. Um, or Ita they're Italian-Americans for the most part. I see. And then when they went to Italy with, you know, the actual Italians, mm -hmm. all the actual Italians were booing them. Yeah. And, you know, calling them lots of bad names, well, which was surprised. funny on my end. <laughs> I thought it was funny. Yeah, for sure. So, yeah. honestly, yeah, that's my version of fun. I... I like going to happy hour too a lot after work. Uh -huh. um, not a lot, but you know, every now and then it's nice to go to happy hour. Yeah. And honestly, like the gym. Yeah. I, I think it's fun. What is your What is your preferred workout style? So I. So I am usually there for about an hour and a half, or an hour to an hour and a half. Mm -hmm. And I spend the first forty-five minutes doing cardio. Mm -hmm. Um, usually that's a mix of the, um, arc trainer, the elliptical, the treadmill. Um, I try to do like at least a half hour on one and then split like 10 minutes and 10 minutes on another. Mm -hmm. Um, and then I do another 45 minutes or so weightlifting. Cool. And to be really careful because I have back issues. A couple yeah. years ago I was not being careful and I injured myself very badly. Uh, <laughs> was it, did you get a herniation or something like that? I um, I shifted my pelvis according oh. to my uh, chiropractor and oh. it took me a couple of months of getting treatment to actually be able to walk again Dang, which it, it hurt that's tough yeah mm -hmm. be careful be careful so right I'm there. very careful now yeah. um, and actually before I came to Penn I actually used to work at the gym so now I know how to like actually do the workouts without <laughs> hurting myself okay that's awesome before we wrap up our conversation I have a couple more questions for you of course one of them is what are you learning right now that you're not so good at quite yet? And it can be Ooh, anything. I think one of the things now that I'm learning that I don't think I'm very good at is I'm learning how to tell people things that they don't necessarily want to hear. Okay. And so the prime example of that is me trying to tell people now that I'm leaving my position and it's hard for me because I've you know we've only been at this for a couple of days but um there's people that I've known since my first day here and um I, again you know I've, I've said I really love my job but um I've gotten to a point where I just honestly need to make a little bit more money so I can afford my house um which I'm hoping to buy soon um so it's hard for me to like break that kind of news to people that I know that's going to be upsetting. So I'm Wait, have you told people yet or not yet? I have told some people. So I've told my supervisor, I've told my former supervisor and the house coordinators know, but I have not told any of our student staff yet. So I was going to break the news um probably tomorrow or Monday. Uh-huh. Um I think that they'll be kind of happy, but yeah happy in a way for happy me for but also, they'll be sad to see me go because you'll be at the dental school you won't be mm -hmm. so far right across the street but um that would be one thing that i think 
Okay, cool. Okay, and then my next question is, what would you like other people to say about you? Like, you know, you meet somebody, you get to know each other. What is one thing that you would like people to say? Dom is this. I hope that people would say that I'm very nice or I'm very positive. Uh -huh. um, you know, when I was younger, I used to complain all the time. Mm -hmm. And everybody complains. And I've recognized that, you know, sometimes I do complain. But, you know, it took somebody telling me when I was a little bit younger that, like, I complain way too much for me to actually try to change that attitude. So when I came to Penn, one of the things that I always try to do and have been trying to do really is just not complain. Mm -hmm. I try to come to work every day and, um, you know, every person I meet, I try not to ever let them know that I'm ever having a bad day. And, and you know, when people ask me how I'm doing, I'm good, I can't complain, how are you? Um, I try to be as friendly as possible. I try to be as approachable as possible. Mm -hmm. and. Um, you know, I really like being one of those people that people can feel comfortable around me or people can yeah. feel like they can approach me. And yeah. I, I think that that's a very valued trait to have that not everybody has, unfortunately. That's awesome. Yeah. No, th thinking about it, that's true. That's a really, really good trait to have. And yeah, I would definitely say about you that you're very approachable. Thank you. And that you are very easy to talk to. Thank you. Mm -hmm. I appreciate that. Yeah. And then my last question is, um, what is one piece of advice, or you know, just kind of like mm -hmm. a fatherly kind of thing that you would tell like anyone? If I could give anybody one piece of advice, uh -huh. it would be shoot your shot. Shoot your shot. And what I mean by that is, if you have an idea, if you have a dream, go for it and do whatever you need to do to achieve that dream because, you know, if you had asked me at the age of 18 or 19 if I would be here today um, working and studying at an Ivy League school, I would have said no. I would have said, you're crazy. Yeah. Um, but because I had that goal and I, because I had somewhat of a dream to do that, I am here and I, I made it happen. Um, and, you know, I don't usually give myself too much personal praise, but that's one thing that I you can absolutely well. say. I'm yeah. proud to say that I did oh, that. Of course. You should be proud of that. Thank yeah. you. Awesome. Thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you for having me. This is such a fun yeah. activity. Okay, friends, this was my conversation with Dom. I really hope you enjoyed it as much as I did. I thought it was a really rich and stimulating conversation and I enjoyed listening to it again as I was just editing this episode. I also need to apologize to you because in case you noticed, I did actually not upload an episode last week, which was because I was kind of busy and when I was sitting down and trying to record something, I just didn't really feel like I had a lot of stuff to say, so I decided it would be better to just skip the week than to put out some stuff that I didn't actually truly endorse. Anyways, I have some more stuff in the pipelines for the next couple of weeks and I'm very excited to catch you all again next week. And until then, have an amazing time.